Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. yesterday in, in the living room or in the stands right now the other's fun and we like that and we have entertainment and all that and when they put me on the payroll I'll care a whole lot but <laughs> you know what it has no eternal value glory to God the Bible says that we enter into his praise and when we praise him he enters into ours glory to God said he inhabits our praise If someone, if someone inhabits something you have, if someone inhabits something that you have or you own, they have to come to you to get it. So if God's going to inhabit our praise, he has to be here. Hallelujah. I mean, no, he's here. You know, we just see him sitting in heaven somewhere. No, he's, he's right here in the room. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I said, God is in the room. In the room. Glory to God. Woo, glory, 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 glory. Praise God. Amen. Well, be seated if you can. I don't know. Do the best you can. I want to remind you of next, uh, of course, we'll meet Wednesday night, uh, next Sunday schedule, um, of course, our Sunday morning service, then we'll have a special service with uh, Steve Sampson, if he's on the board, but anyway, y'all y'all should know this by now. Um, if you've never been in one of his services, you'll you'll really enjoy him. So we've been a few years since we've had him. Uh, I think we've had him once here, had him several times when we were in the Clanton Church. Um He's going to be in Tuscaloosa that morning, so we're kind of sharing him with him. A number of years ago, I think the first time I ever saw him was on TBN, and he used to be on TBN a lot, and I maybe even hosted the show a few times. I think he lives in Kansas now, but his roots is actually here in Alabama. He's from Birmingham, and uh, and so he's, uh, I think he might even bought a place here. So he's, I think he's trying to make his way back a little bit. So anyway, he's uh, pastored for a number of years, uh, um, and... Um, has traveled for many, many years and has such a, a, a wonderful teaching ministry. It's a, a prophetical gift and uh, has authored many, many books. And uh, I don't know if you'll have him with him or not, but he authored many books and uh, uh, does a lot of series. I know a lot of churches have him on how to hear from God. And so uh, he, uh, of course, he won't call himself a prophet. And if you call him that, he won't acknowledge it. He says, I, I think I just... I just got in there and dug on how to hear from God. And because he says, you know, when you, when you do, you find out that he speaks. And then when he speaks, you know, he, and you want to help others, you'll have something to tell others. So they want to make me a prophet. He says, no, I, I just learned how to hear from God. And so he really is awesome. And, uh, you'll, you'll really enjoy his ministry. Um, kind of his services go. He'll probably preach about 30, 35 minutes and he'll minister to the people here. 
and it's, uh, he has some really, really accurate, uh, accurate words through us through the years. So you wouldn't want to miss that service. So we'll give you time Sunday morning to get in and get out and have a good time. But, uh, want to encourage you to come back and bring someone because, uh, he will really, he will really bless them. So, um, this morning, if you're, uh, here, how many of you are here? How many of you not here yet? Praise the Lord. See those hands? Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of you, thank <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to give this morning. How about that? I get, and then, uh, Pastor Matt's going to come bring the word for today. Uh, I don't know why, but I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to obey this, uh, Real quickly, I find that's better to obey than just understand and obey. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but just listen if you will. Uh, this is the Great Commission out of Matthew 28. It said, uh, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed him. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. They saw him, and some worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now she said, All. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Getting to the verse of why I turned here. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. This is the last time that he spoke, physically saw his disciples, or would speak to them. So what he would want to say to them would be pretty weighty on his thinking. He knew this was the last thing he was going to say to them. So what he told them was to that he says, uh, all power is mine. <laughs> he did. He got it back. He got it all back. He said, all power belongs to me. He said, not only in heaven, but he said, the earth. So I said, well, I thought Satan was the god of this earth, well, uh, of the system of it, but not the earth. They're, 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 uh, god owns the earth. I don't care who's running the system of it, God owns the earth, and he's certainly not running your system, is he? No. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into another kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of light. So he said, all power has been given to me. Now, the, point, the, the reason I was to turn here this morning, uh, if it's just for one person, that's all, that's all that matters to me. Uh, the last few words, it would mean a whole lot to them. They had to go back and think of these words several times because still, even though, he said, it's better for you that I go. That took a while for them to absorb. Hmm? You know, uh, the ministry of Jesus, and then you see him no more when you've seen him every day. Uh, but he told him, he says, I am with you always. And I want to tell whoever it is this morning, um, at 835 this morning, uh, saw this verse, or he led me to the verse to tell whoever it is, I am with you always. Whether it has anything to do with the Great Commission or not, I just want you to know that even if you feel alone or you feel separated or you feel hopeless in your situation, I want you to know that God is with you always. And there's one more verse I want to drive it home with. It's got Hebrews chapter 13. And it says in verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Notice he wants you to boldly say it. So why don't we say it? The Lord is my helper. Now let's do it boldly like you said. The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Amplified, if you can stand it, it's a little bit better. 
but I'm only, uh, I'm going to get into not the first part of of that verse. It's uh, he says, um, for he God Himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, and I will not leave you without support. Hmm. Then uh, the Amplified says, I will not three times. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you. I will not let you down. In parentheses goes on to say, nor will I relax my hold on you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> huh? So you trying to, sometimes we think we're trying to get a hold on God and stop it. He's got a hold on you. Huh? I'm telling you, his grip on you is better than your grip on him. That was worth coming for right there. Hallelujah. He said, Assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear nor dread nor be terrified what man can do to me. Praise the Lord. Uh, Matthew 6.21, if you need an offering envelope, and you do, praise the Lord. The usher is there. If they've already given you one, it's okay. I don't know if they did or not. But if you, um, I want to read a portion of scripture to you. Starting in verse 19, Jesus said, red writing, can we believe red writing? He tells us, instructs us, he says, do not lay up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupt, where th thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Some say heaven. heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do break through and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. That was the main verse I wanted to get to. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. The light of the body is the eye, and therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. If thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. I always said, so that's the reason why you only need one wife. Some of these people, they, some nations, they have multiple wives. But anyway, that's just a bad joke. Sorry, hallelujah. No, no, so we're going to read it. What he's, what he's saying, we can't serve God and we can't serve mammon. Mammon is an Aramaic word. Old Aramaic word just means money. We can't serve God and serve money. He didn't say we couldn't have money. Matter of fact, he needs you to have money. But money, money is a great tool, but it's a lousy, lousy God. And if you see, you know, we, we ought to see life like uh, you ever did a, a puzzle where you, you know, you, you went from dot to dot and drew the line. When you drew the line, you filled in all the places, then you made a figurine or whatever it is. Or, and a lot, of, a lot of kids book and, you know, where they're going in and they'll color it in. Well, life should be like that. But the problem is when we just have a, a this life perspective on life, then what we do is we go from dot to dot. And God don't want us to see dot to dot. He wants us to see the line. Hmm? See, because if you're just living from dot to dot, then you'll say, I need to put away, I need to store away, I need to like this, I need to take care of me and my, me and my four and no more. I, I, you know, so, uh, the reason why, you know, a lot of times money in church is not a popular subject is because there's been, 
you know, it's been, uh, it's like anything. You can, you can teach anything and you can teach it, uh, and grossly, uh, abuse any subject of the Bible, but money needs to be taught. Money needs to be taught outside the church, right? I mean, the, the Bible does t- tell us to save. The, the, the Bible does tell us to prepare, but not to the expense of it having your heart. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean unto your understanding. I think it's 1 Corinthians six seventeen. He says, don't trust in uncertain riches. You know, if you was, if you was here during, no one was, but if you'd been here during the time of the Civil War and the war came to an end, if you was from the, if you was from, if you was in the South and you was going back North, uh, what you've been using for money while you was here was to be Confederate money. Well, that was about to come to an end and Confederate money would have been no good. So if you'd have put all your treasures while you were here fighting the war in the Confederate currency, then what would you do? What are you going to do when the war is over and you go back up north? If you put, if you hoard up and put up and put everything in this life without taking the dot all the way to the end to eternity, then what you're, what you're saying is I'm going to invest in the Confederacy on this side. And when I'm go there, I'm going to have nothing to go with to me to the other side where I'm going to be forever for eternal. So he says, you can't have two masters. John West, the founder, the founder of, the, of the Methodist Church, said, my goal is that I'll leave here. Uh, and he, he authored many books. And for, you know, for, for his day, he, he, he did very well financially. But he used it to further the kingdom. He said, but my goal was to leave here with nothing. He said, my goal is not to leave my kids a bunch of stuff. My goal is to advance the kingdom. And if I taught my kids right, he says, they'll trust to be in God, not what I can leave them, because the more that we mass, the, the easier it is for our transfer, our trust to our retirement, to our 401ks, to all these other things. Don't misunderstand me. It's not wrong having these things, but it's the, the scripture in the Bible that the reason why money has to be taught in church is this. The love of money is what? The, <clears throat> I know it's a long week, but the love of money is what? The root of all evil. Well, do you think the church ought to be talking about something if is important when we find a scripture that says this is the root of all evil? Don't you think the church ought to talk about that? <laughs> no matter what the, you know, if it said possums is the root of all evil, then we need to, we need to get on that possum subject real quick because it's the root of all evil, right? But he said money, or not the, not money, but the what? The love of it. So that has to do with the heart. So Matthew 6, 21, real quick, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Anyone ever read a bumper sticker that says, uh, My child in my heart, and then it goes to whatever college you go to. You ever saw that bumper sticker? <clears throat> well, there's there's something there about that. Well, the heart, I guess, is their, is their child, but maybe their maybe their money, too. Someone said to me one time, said, I wish I just had a bigger heart for missions. And, uh, they, and, uh, I said, why do you say that? This is, well, you know, it, it, I should be more involved, you know, whether I'm going or whether I'm giving. I just wish I had a bigger heart for mission. Could you want to, they want me to pray for them to have a bigger heart? I said, that, that doesn't require prayer. I said, that requires you writing a check or going. Why? Because the principle Jesus taught, he says, where you send your treasure, he said, your heart's going to follow. In other words, what he's saying, if you give me your bank statements, he says, you'll, and, and, and your receipt books, and you'll give me your cash receipts, 
for your expenditures. He said, I'll tell you where your heart is today. Now, this is Jesus, so he's, we're assuming this is what truth? He says, so where your earthly treasure is today, he said, I will locate your heart. Hmm? The quickest way to find the heart is, find, is, is just go through the bank books. And where it's stored up is where your heart is. If it's stored up in retirement and third homes and beach homes and four homes and all this, and we never helped anyone ever get to the mission field, never bought a can of paint for the church, you know, to get the sunscreen room repainted, then our heart's not in the church. So if you want a heart for missions, so to the missions. If you want a heart to, if, if some say, well, I just wish I had a bigger heart to feed the poor and uh, to reach the lost. Write a check or go or do both. Why? Because not only does it locate where your heart is, but Jesus is always teaching. He said, this is where your heart can go. I can locate all of us can where our heart is, according to this scripture, by just looking at our own financial uh, portfolio of what we have done. But he's not just telling us that it can locate our heart. He said, but I can tell you how to make your heart go somewhere it's not. Amen. You know, if, if, if you're big into the stock market and you're taking a big chance and you, you invest into a company, are you interested? Yeah, if you if you invest what's a big sum to you and you put it over there, are you kind of looking over there on the stock to see how it's doing? Why your heart's kind of following it over there just a little bit? Yeah, well that's just how, that's just how it works. So anything we invest into, we're interested in. When you invest your life into into your relationships, when you a marriage, or you invest your life into your children, you're you're greatly interested, right? Your heart seems to follow. So he says, where I, where I find your treasure, I will find your heart. Hmm? That's why some people praise different than others. It's not personality. Although our personality varies. But it's, it's, it's heart issues. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Uh, verse 24, no man can serve two masters. Either he'll either hate the one or love the other, or else he'll hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon or money. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your body, what you're going to put on. It's not your life more than meat and your body more than raiment. The answer is yes. Behold, the fowls of the air, Jesus said, he, he, no, the birds, he said, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father will feed them. Are you not better than a bird? What's the answer to that one? Don't get back with me. <laughs> the answer is what? Yes. yes. So which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his statue? He says, why do you take thought for these things? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow's cast in the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you? Verse 31, take no thought, therefore take no thought. That's, that's a big saying, and it's, it might be easier to hear it than it is do it. But we can do it. Because he told us to. That means we can do it. So don't take any thought. Well, I, I, I got to have so-and-so by so-and-so. He says, don't we like these Gentiles? Take no thought. How do we take thoughts? Next word, saying. 
You don't. It's not your thought until you begin to say it. Hmm. That's why I talk about sometimes like our military, the borders of, of the United States. We defend our nation. We defend our borders. And if enemy tries to come in and fly in, you know, through aircraft, we have something called a what? A no fly zone. And when the enemy wants to come and drop off bombs in your life through, through the thought life, you ought to create a no fly zone Amen. saying you, if you get within this proximity of my think life, you're going down. We're not going to wound you. We're not going to wing you. We're not going to take a tip of your wing off. We're going to blow you to smithereens. We're going to cast down every thought and every imagination that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Sucker, you're going down. But you have to create a no a no a no fly zone when it comes in there. So he said, "Take no thought, saying, how we're going to eat, how we're going to drink, how we're going to be clothed. For all these things, that's what the Gentiles do. That's what they see. For your Father knows what you have need of of all these things." That goes back to what I, what I started saying for whoever I said it to. I'm never going to leave you. Hmm. We all go through difficult situations in your life. And in those times, sometimes you, you have the feeling, the emotions of, of, of God abandoning you. Where's he at? He's right there with you. Hmm? If you was hanging on the cross being crucified after being tortured, you could feel abandoned. Right? So Jesus knows those feelings. He's easily moved with your feeling of infirmity. So you just need to know this point. You're not alone. You've not been abandoned. God said, I will not, I will not, I will not fail you. I will not leave you without my support. Glory to God. So he said, for seek, but, but here's what we're going to do. Verse 33, but seek first. When? First. Not second, not third. Not when we get around to it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, all, I'm trying to hit another gear. How many gears is this thing? Oh, anyway, all these things shall be what? Added to you. So God's not taken from you. He's adding to you. It's impossible to put your heart in your giving and it be taken from you. Because hmm? Second Corinthians, when you get into, the, you know, those scriptures, he talks about where your heart is, purpose in your heart, in your giving. So where your heart is, that's where your faith is. That's where, if, if, wherever your heart is, you know, that's where your, your, your positive emotions. It's okay to have emotions. God wants you to have emotions. God, you know, there's positive emotions. God gives us positive emotions, right? When you're, when, when you're moved by him and you're moved by his presence and his goodness and his glory, and it causes you to laugh, cry, shout, or run the room, that's an emotion, right? But that's a good emotion. Praise God. And uh, the other emotions that come just become matter of way of wrong thinking. So we have to dismiss them no matter what we feel, and we do that with truth. So no matter what, where you're at today in life, this is where you're at. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Things are about to get be added unto you. Amen. Same things are being added unto me. Things are being added unto me. So I'm taking no thought for tomorrow. I'm taking no thought for tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm not taking, forget tomorrow, I'm not taking no thought two minutes from now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all have to do it. I mean, I heard a pastor say the other day, he said, I drove up in park, I drove up in my church. I mean, knowing, knowing you know, drove up in my church and he said, I saw the cars and I knew, I already knew it was going to be a bad day. I said, why? He said, well, I know the offering's going to be way down. Well, if you ever get to the place where you're pastoring church for money, you better get out quick. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because you're going to have plenty of opportunities. Plenty of opportunities to always be on the edge of losing or, or leaving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, our confidence is in God. Hmm? Your faith is not in me and my faith is not in you. I have faith in you, but my faith is not in you. Did you hear what I said? I have faith in you, but my faith for life is not in you. Hmm? We're all resources, but, no, but we're, none of us are each other's source. Hallelujah. Amen. So here we go. We're in a good place. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Say with me, I'm not alone. He's with me all the time, all day long, each and every day. I put my trust in the Lord, not in uncertain riches. Money is not my master. It's too easy to get. It's too easy to make. I'm not looking for money. Money's looking for me. Under, you know, he said even under an inferior covenant, Deuteronomy 28, he said the blessing will come looking for you. But now we're the better promises. It's no longer looking for us. It found us. Hallelujah. Right? Because where is it at? In Christ. And where are you at? In Christ. See, it's not hard to find someone when you're in them. So I'm trying to find God. Well, get saved. Glory to God. You Stop the search. <laughs> you can bring the posse back on in. All the treasures are hid in Christ and you're in him. It's just whether you're going to believe the Bible or not. Well, I'm waiting for all these problems to go away and then I'll, I'll jump in. Well, you'll never jump in. You ever just had to jump in the pool and you're just like, oh, some of y'all are edgers like, oh, it's cold, 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 cold and warm up. I mean, you know, just try. I don't know how you do that. Just jump on in. You'll have about three to five seconds. You'll want to scream, but after that, you'll be like, okay, it's all over now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You, you, you ever been in the, uh, you ever got the last shower in the house? Everybody, all got all, everybody else all got the hot water? How many of y'all got a, I mean, you, you didn't know you could, you could bathe or shower in record speed. Just <laughs> <laughs> like out of there in 12 seconds. Well, I smell better than when I went in, is all I can tell you. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Let's thank God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless you, worship you, praise you. Let's praise him with our giving this morning. Glory to glory, 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 glory. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. We worship you, Lord. Glory be to God. You're God. There is none other. We put our trust and our faith and our hope in you. We declare, Father God, we are fully funded. We are fully supplied. Hallelujah. 
our trust and our faith is not in this world, nor our system, nor our jobs, nor, nor our employment, not in this government. Our trust is in you. You are Lord. You are provider. You are El Shaddai. You're the all-sufficient one. You're the all-breasty one. You are the God who is more than enough, more than what we could ask, more than what we could think. We are fully funded for this harvest, and we give you praise that we take no thought for this life, and we're never alone. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And we'll let the ushers receive the offering. Sir, you just come up and have a good time. Glory to God. Amen. Is everybody doing good this morning? Blessed and happy. Highly favored. How many of you highly favored? I didn't say flavored. You know, you got flavor of lollipops and flavor of ice creams. You know, so you're not sour this morning, are you? You're sweet. Everybody's sweet. Amen. I don't know. Two or three of you said that. Some of you sour. <laughs> Amen. But we're going to share a little bit this morning about missions. And uh, what Pastor shared during the offering is uh, so much connected to your heart, uh, your money, your heart, and where your money is. That's where your heart is. And if your heart's in missions, like you said, you know, sometimes people say, I just want a heart for missions. But you can go to the checkbook. You can go to their uh, passport. If you know anybody has a passport, go to the passport, open it up, and see how many stamps are in it. And I can tell you where the heart's to go. You know, everybody's not called to go, but if the heart is to go, then you can open up the passport, and it's got numerous stamps to the place where you can't even really, mine's the place now where you can't even really, uh, you know, they have to turn through and keep turning when they get to the place to stamp it. When you go through customs, they have to look through for a clean place to stamp it. Hallelujah. So God loves people. Amen. And, what, you know, when I heard that song, when I think about the Lord and what he's done for me, what does it say? He said he picked my picked me up, turned me around. He set your feet on what? Solid ground. Amen. And then it says it makes me want to do something, it makes me want to shout. And, and that's true, it does make me want to shout, amen. But there's something else that makes me want to do, and it makes me want to tell somebody else. Amen. When you're happy about what the Lord has done for you and He's changed you and set you free, then what you automatically want to do as a believer, if you really believe that, what do you want to do? You want to tell somebody else. You want to share it. Amen. So many times when Jesus ministered to people in the Bible and he would set them free, and then what would he do? They would go and they would tell others. Amen. They would tell others. That one lady, she went out, you know, he prophesied to her and told her different things that she did and how many husbands she had and all this. And, and she's like, well, man, no, nobody else can know that, but God, he, this is a man of God here. Well, what she do? She went and told 10 cities, covered an area of 10 cities, and told them about what Jesus had done and who he was and said, you got to come see him. Amen. One woman talked to 10 different areas and covered it and told us, man, you got to come see this Jesus. You got you to come know about this Jesus. Amen. So we're, we're going to share um, so actually some videos, some slides. And then uh, if we have time left and at the end, I'm going to share some uh, scripture with you concerning what our commission is uh, as believers, as uh, called out ones. Amen. The scripture called us the ecclesia, the call out. Amen. We're represent, representatives of the most high. He's given us a job to do, a responsibility to do. He's not coming back until he's ready to get us, but he's not coming back to do the work that he's called us to do. Amen. Where's he at today? He's seated. And I don't know about you, but when I sit down, that means I'm finished. I'm, I'm finished with the job. You know, at, at the end of the day, when you get home and you sit down in your recliner and you get a cup of tea or coffee or whatever it is, you're finished for the day, right? Well, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's done until he comes back to get the church. 
but he gave us a job to do. He gave us all the equipment. Everybody say this. Say, I'm equipped. I'm called. I'm empowered to do the work of the ministry. Amen. You have what it takes. Why? Because Jesus lives on the inside of you. Amen. But we're going to start out with a video and uh, we're going to be stopping and starting because I want to explain some things with you. I want to share about my 2019 trip to Bangladesh. It was an awesome time. Um, I'm going to give you some stats at the end about how many people were saved and healed and delivered. It was just an amazing time. Uh, Emily, uh, as you know, this ministry that we're going to talk about that, that I've been on several trips with is called Global Ventures. This is the founder, John and Martine Smithwick. Awesome men and women of God. They love uh, people. They have such a heart to go to the places that are unreached. Uh, I've got a stat here that says there's 7,165 unreached people groups in the world. Now, most people think, well, you know, everybody's heard the gospel. Everybody's had a chance to hear. I mean, we live in, you know, we live in a modern world. Everybody's heard. But he's not talking about countries. What they're talking about is 7,165 unreached people groups. So what that could be in one country, there may be multiple people groups or tribes or, or, or villages, whatever it may be, that have never heard for the first time, or they don't have an established work. You know, a missionary may have come 100 years ago, but there's nothing there established. It was built and continued. So therefore, another generation has, has come along and, and, and they don't know. They haven't heard. They're not following Christ. Amen. And they didn't carry that to the next generation. So there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of people out there that have never heard, never known. And this man and woman here, I tell you, they, they've dedicated their lives. They're on the, the plane uh, hours and hours and hours a year, multiple hours a year. And uh, they've dedicated their lives to the gospel. And that's uh, we want to give credit where credit's due. And that's who I've been with. Uh, this was my third trip. Uh, went to Bangladesh in uh, 17 to India in 18 and then back to Bangladesh in 19. And this is where Emily, right now she's in the Philippines. She landed uh, Friday, I believe it was. She sent a video this morning and she ate a, uh, she's all into the food when, when, when she goes. They always get Emily to eat the weird food and, uh, and she'll do it. You know, we've had guinea pig in Peru and uh, I've had it roasted and fried and uh, roasted is a little better, amen. So if you want, if you prefer one, they'll just let me know. We'll get we'll we'll make some for you. Get it ready for you. No, but she had an egg this morning. She sent the video and she had an egg. It was actually a duck egg that was boiled, but it had the the duck inside the egg. Amen. So she cracked it open, peeled it like a boiled egg, and she was sitting there at the chair. And they said, "Go ahead, eat it." And she looked at it for a minute. And you could see her eyes, and all of a sudden, she she ate the entire egg, got it down, and, uh, and they were cheering her on. So she's a missionary at heart. Amen. <laughs> she ate the egg. So. Anyway, this is Brother John and Martine. And like I said, they're the founders of JSMI, Global Ventures uh, Missions. Uh, we've got some information on the table outside of the 2020 trips. Uh, if you want to look at that, you can see the date, see the cost. And you say, well, I'm not called to go. Well, you may not be called to go, but we can uh, send. Amen. We can send others because we have been given a great commission to go into all the world, preach the gospel. The Amplified says to every uh, creature of the human race. Every creature of the human race has the opportunity to hear. And a lot of times in America, you know, people say, and they have this mentality, and I don't know why they get, get to this place, but they think, well, you know, if I'm in, a, in the United States, it's my, you know, job just to kind of take care of the U.S., where we live, where we are, and let the other people take care of them. You know, let them take care of themselves. You ever had, you know, maybe you've thought that. I've thought that before. When I first came into the church, you know, I didn't really understand those things. I didn't really understand what it meant to go into all the world. 
But it, it literally means to go into what? All the earth. Amen. To go into all the earth. So we're going to go through this quickly and uh, make some mention, mention of the uh, video as we start. Uh, I've got a couple of highlights I want to share with you. We're going to get to that as we go. Um, Bangladesh, real quick, before we you can go on to the next slide and just pause it. I want to tell you a little history about Bangladesh. They have uh, 328 people groups out of the 7,000 that we mentioned. There's only 297 of them that are unreached. <laughs> so that means that 90% of the country is an unreached country. There's only 0.3% Christian. I didn't say 3%. I said 0.3% is actually Christian. So that means that 87% are either Muslim or Hindu or other religion. It's, it's mainly a Muslim country. And, uh, and, and it's an area that's, uh, heavily, um, um, if you're not Muslim, just put it this way, then, then, uh, they heavily pressure you to be one. And they, and they have the call to prayer multiple times a day. And when that call to prayer starts, everybody stops what they're doing. Even if we're in the middle of a crusade, we're preaching, then we have to stop, cut the speakers off, stop what we're doing. And everybody give, uh, honor to what's being done. And the call to prayer comes forth over the loudspeaker and, uh, everybody has to, to acknowledge what's happening in the country. So, uh, 87% Muslim, which is, uh, in darkness. Amen. You can say it that way. So these people are in darkness. They don't know the saving power and the love of Jesus Christ. Um, the population is 162 million. And so that means there's 160 million of those people, 98.8% that are unreached. And these are the areas that we go, uh, to take the light of the gospel into a dark place. Amen. And it's just amazing to see what happened. We preach a simple gospel. Because the gospel is the power of God and the salvation. And when you preach the gospel, say a lot of times we get, we get so concerned about what am I going to say? What am I going to do? How can I even talk to my neighbor? But see, it's just a simple gospel. And when you preach the simple gospel, the Bible says that the power of God is in the gospel. So as you share the gospel, the good news of Jesus and what he's done, the power is present there to heal. His power is present there to deliver. It's present there to set free. Amen. So our job is just to share. Amen. What has Jesus done for you? And to share that gospel. Amen. So, uh, let's go ahead and start here. This is, uh, Emily and I. Just go ahead and hit play and I'll tell you if it's, if we're going to pause any. Uh, this is Emily and I. We're on the bus. We had a, uh, 15 hour flight to Doha. We had, uh, another eight hour flight into Bangladesh. And then we had a 10 hour bus ride once we got there to get to where we were going. This is, uh, one of our interpreters. You'll see that he likes me very much. He's one place he's hugging me with his head on my chest. That's just a tradition that they do. That's nothing uh, weird. <laughs> this is the facility that we stayed in there. Uh, it's kind of the campus. You see the guard there in the opening. He's locking the gate. The whole place was heavily guarded, gated, and uh, security was there. Uh, had a very nice garden. They had people there that were taking care of the grounds and sweep. They actually swept the leaves. You ever had a grandmother, anybody that said they sweep the yard? You remember that? I've had some old, some people in my family tell me that uh, my dad and other ones tell me about their grandmother sweeping, sweeping the yard, but that's what they do in Bangladesh. This is a huge magnolia tree that was there. Beautiful landscaping in their country. But uh, we stayed very little here because we're, we're on, the, on the road most of the time. This is a, <laughs> Emily wanted me to record this because this is the, uh, how rough the roads are. To the hotel. She's trying to drink the water and it's... Uh, Constantly. I had a neck pillow, but I didn't use it for my neck. I'll just tell you that. I put it on the on the other end for extra padding. This is the first school that we went to. Um, very rural villages that we went out into. 
sometimes it was hour and a half, two hours from the, the place where we were staying. Beautiful people. Uh, this is a game. That, hold on. This is a game that we play uh, at the schools that we go. If, I'm going to give you a little background on this. If we go into there's two different types of schools in the country, and we have to use code words because uh, it's really almost an undercover. What we're doing is really undercover. It's like being an undercover agent because when we go in, we're going in as, as uh, tourists. And uh, <laughs> so we have code words that we use. If we go to a Hindu school, we call it the H school. If we're going to a Muslim school, we go into M school. So if we're at an eight school, they give us a little bit more freedom and we can talk about Jesus. We can share some of the gospel and that kind of thing. But we go to an M school, there's no gospel being shared. So what we do is we play games. We talk about America, uh, sing the Star Spangled Banner, uh, talk about Abraham Lincoln and Andrew Jackson. And we teach them, you know, it's good to make good choices. And if you set goals and dream, then you can accomplish anything. And then at the end, I don't have one with me. But uh, at the end of it, we give them a, a ticket that invites them to the uh, family festival. They can bring the ticket to the festival, and they would have prizes. Grand prize was a motorcycle, which is like a Cadillac in this country. At the end of the week, they, they had a, a grand prize winner that won an actual motorcycle. I mean, it was, it was crazy. You'll get to see the picture of how many people were there. It's just amazing. And uh, so we give them this, this uh, ticket to come to this festival in the Muslim school. But while we're there, we're sharing the love of Jesus with them in ways they don't even know how, by joy, by loving on them, amen, by treating them like people, like special people that they are, that God loves, amen. They're, they're gifts that Jesus died for, and they don't even know it. So at this particular school, we're playing a game. You can go ahead and start it where they pass the balloons. And uh, man, look how, look how much fun when they pop the balloon. It's just amazing. You know, the, the fun and the joy that they received over a little game. This is called the shower dance. I don't know if Scott and Tabitha, did y'all do this? Shower dance, you know. And uh, they do a little bit of the clip here. Now, this is Emily sharing about Thanksgiving. One of the things that we eat is a turkey. You know what a turkey says? Says, Can you say, gobble, gobble, gobble? <laughs> <laughs> and we eat lots of food. We get so full. We say, I am She actually flew out on Thanksgiving Day going to the Philippines, so she didn't get stuffed unless she got stuffed in the airport. We didn't get to pray for this young kid. I wanted to. Um, they kind of blended in and were gone before I realized it. Everywhere we go in the vans, the people are always drawn, drawn and attracted to us because a lot of these villages have never seen an American. They, they've never seen anybody this, not from their country, from their village. So when you come in, they look, it's like, you know, who are you and where, where'd you come from? This is one of the crusade stages at night. This is a picture I was telling you about. He's, uh, sends me a message every day on Facebook and, uh, it's a, he, he really is an amazing man of God. He lays down his life. Go ahead and pause it just a second. He, uh, he's been beaten, jailed. His head's been cracked in the back, uh, from preaching the gospel. <clears throat> I'm not going to get emotional about that because I've been working firsthand with these people that love Jesus so much. And, uh, I asked him one day, I said, well, what, what do you do when that happens? You know, do y'all quit? We we're in a van full of these interpreters. And I said, what do you do? Do you quit? Do you draw back? And he said, no, we just go harder. He said, it, it, it encourages us because we get to be counted in the same class as our master. He was persecuted. He was beaten. And he said, so we just preach even harder. We even, we even go harder and we get excited about it. But he was, 
He was hit in the back of the head behind his ear. He showed me the scar and it knocked him out. They left him in the road. And he, and, and some people that were probably Muslim because there's hardly no Christians there. They pulled him out of the road at least to save his life and left him on the side of the road. He said he woke up about an hour and a half later and, uh, everywhere that he goes, he walks to share the gospel. So, uh, a, a doctor that goes with me, he's been my roommate several times and myself. We were in our dorm room. Uh, this, on this trip and the Lord put us on, on our heart to get him a bicycle. So we found out how much it was and, and we were able to get the funds together. And he sent me a picture. I should have put it on the slide. I forgot. We, he sent me a picture. He's got a brand new bicycle. And he said, thank God, Bondu is a brother in his language, Bondu. He said, thank God, Bondu. He said, now I can go and, and share the gospel more because I have a way to go. And, uh, so he goes into these places that, that we left. He's going back to, to follow up, to disciple. He gave me a report of a gentleman in 2017 that just tremendously blessed me. Uh, if you saw my, when I shared in 2017, there was a gentleman in a village that was paralyzed and uh, he followed us all the way out to the van and he was begging and he was pleading and he had a hold of me and he was like hugging me and he was just like, please, you know, and what he, he was wanting to be healed. So we ministered to him, we laid hands on him, we spoke to his body, we commanded this, you know, his arm to be loosed and his tongue to be loosed and everything we knew to do and it just, and he got some better. It was, it was frozen by his body and he got some better and he got it up to about right here and it just stayed there. And he was still crying and he tried to get in a van with us and he just, he, he just wanted his deliverance. And well, your heart just hurts. You know, your heart hurts because you've seen it happen and you've seen other miracles happen there. And it's like, we want to see this man completely delivered. But we, we told him and said, look, when we laid hands on you, the power of God went into your body to affect the healing and the cure. Then you're healed in the name of Jesus. And that's what we told him. And that's, and that's what I believe that's what he believed. Well, then we go back this year and Saman told me, he came running up to me, said, brother Matt, brother Matt. He said, I have to tell you. He said that the village that we went, the village that we went, he said, the man, he's, he's totally healed. He said, I went back a month later and, and, and he said, he came out to meet me and he was raising his arm and he was moving his leg and he was talking normal. And he, he had to tell me that he was healed and he was normal. Well, he's been going back to that village and holding Bible studies and discipling those people. And, uh, so these people, I'm, t- I'm telling you, they're, uh, dedicated to the gospel and, and it's, it's their everything. It's their life. Uh, amen. Now this is, uh, one of the night festivals. So we give them the tickets. Uh, then they come to the festival and what we do, um, make sure right here that I cover. <laughs> I'll just go through it, but, uh, just kind of give you a little synopsis of, of, of what happens. During the day, we, we wake up in the morning, usually around 5.36. We have breakfast. We load up in the vans. We go out to the schools. We covered 70, I believe it was 72 schools in a week. Uh, we train on Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, we hit the ground and we don't stop from Monday to Monday through Friday. And then Saturday morning, we travel back 10 hours on a van. Uh, then we get on a plane. We travel six hours to Doha and then we travel 15 hours from Doha to Chicago. And, and then so it's a, all together. I figured out one time it was about 40 something hour, 48 hours of travel time. But uh, on a normal day, what we do is we get up in the morning, we go to the schools, we go to the streets, uh, we eat peanut butter and jelly for lunch. As we're riding in the vans, we pass out peanut butter and jelly and throw them back in the vans, you know, and that's what we eat for lunch and water. And then uh, then we have the children's festival at five o'clock. So wherever we set up the festival grounds at, we have the they have the pre-teams go in, which Emily has been on several pre-teams. They go in and set up the schools. They work with the nationals to build the stages, the lighting. All this, I'm telling you, there's thousands of dollars that go and is invested into what happens. Uh, so it takes money to preach the gospel. Amen. So, uh, we at five o'clock, we have the children's festival. 
and they gear it toward children. They have games and songs and things for the kids there to give out prizes. And then at seven o'clock, we have the adult festival. And uh, what you see here is one of the uh, merged together. The kids started, then adults came in at one of the night festivals. It could range anywhere between a thousand people to 10,000 people. It just depends on what village and area that we're in. Go ahead. All these fences that you see are built by the nationals to help control the crowds. You can go ahead and turn it up. Uh, you can see some of the stage area here that we minister from. This is another, probably the next day when we're back in another village. These are the supplies. We have gospel literature. The tickets are there on stacked on the top and water that we send out for every team every day. That was just a cool picture I took of a boat there that, <laughs> that they use to harvest fish and shrimp. These are some of the villages we were in. Uh, I was actually the clown this day. Uh, we're not supposed to talk when we're the clown. And uh, I asked the children to, to tell them. I said, tell them to wave at me. So I had to, I had to say a few things. But, uh, tell them to wave at me. <laughs> That's Emily telling them. <laughs> this was a lady just walking down the street that wanted a picture with a the clown. They're so amazed by the clown. It's a... Uh, it's such an icebreaker. It gets people, uh, you can see somebody just sad and gloomy and all of a sudden their face completely lights up. And uh, this is one of the dramas. Pause it here just a second. Uh, to give you a little backdrop of what we're doing here, this school is uh, it's a one-room class that we're in right here. There's no air conditioning. No, I think there's a ceiling fan on the top. It's about 98 degrees, probably 80 to 95% humidity. I'm in that clown suit and I'm soaking wet. I'm talking head to toe, soaking wet. I can't scratch my face because the makeup is running, and if I do, I'm gonna mess it up. And uh, so it, it was. Uh, there's a grace to do what we're called to do. So we're doing a, a drama right here of Jesus. Uh, it starts out at creation, and you're not gonna see it all. It starts at creation, it goes through the resurrection, and he it shows him here. They take him off the cross, shows him raising from the dead. Go ahead and start. And these kids are are, are watching them. Uh, media person for the ministry and we actually shifted between team to team to team to team because she takes pictures of every every uh, team so we, we got to change around a lot so he's helping the people up setting them free uh, this is some of the skits we do Emily and I actually we're doing some of these together with the uh, scarf he changes colors just some fun things we do with the kids and I played a trick on her there's a hole in the bag <laughs> we had a blast. You can't see in the picture, but my whole back and the pants are soaked. This is another school here that we got to uh, go to, and you hold it right here. Uh, that one school that we're at here, there's a young boy that came, because what we do we, at a Hindu school, we're able to present the gospel. So we present the gospel in a simple way. Uh, then we present healing. We tell them the same Jesus that died for you on the cross also paid the price for your healing. And then uh, we don't lay hands directly on them. What we do is we tell them to place your hand on your body where the sickness is or where the pain is. And when we pray, 
and we speak to that sickness, Jesus is going to put his hand on your hand and you'll be healed. And so we pray the prayer of faith. We speak to blind eyes, wherever it is, wherever the Holy Spirit leads us to speak to. And then we take testimony to say, if there's anybody here that can tell a difference, you know, did you, can you see better? Can you hear better? Check your leg. If you had a pain in your leg, check your leg. If you couldn't move your arm, begin to move it. You know, if you couldn't bend over, begin to bend over. So we took a, a testimonies and there was this young boy that came up and he said, I had a tumor in my neck right here. And he said, it's gone. It's gone. Cause he was speaking his language. We had an interpreter and, and the teacher came running out of the crowd. She walked up to him and she was checking him and you could see her eyes, man. Her eyes just got this big. And she's like, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. She's saying over and over, but he, the tumor that was on his neck was completely gone. And see, what that does is confirms, Jesus confirms his word with signs, wonders, and miracles. And it shows people that the difference between their God and the God that we're preaching is that he's alive. And he still heals today. Amen. And he loves them. Why? Because the, the child that was sick, he was set free, he's healed. And what they want to do is, I tell you, they want to come and hear more and know more about this Jesus. So when we get ready to hand out the tickets... Then man, I, I've had kids climb my body like a tree to get tickets. They backed me up against the wall, climbed up my body. I've had tickets held up. And I'm like, wait, ho, 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 ho. The teachers are just totally lost control. They try, they can't even stop them. You know, one time we just took the tickets and threw them like confetti, you know, and just let them fight over, just go get them, you know, whatever. And, uh, but it's the gospel. Amen. It's the power of God and the salvation. And, uh, so that's what happened at this school. And Emily's sharing actually here. You can go ahead and start it. I want to hold it one more time here. This, this card is a, is a magic trick that we do. And when they, we, we select a kid to come out of the crowd and pull the middle card, and, and, and they think it's going to be the king of hearts. But when we put the cards down, there's one behind it, and the card behind it is Jesus. So when they pull the card out and we flip it up, then, it, then you know, it's like, oh, man, you know, we thought it was the king of hearts, but it's Jesus. And then we start telling them about Jesus it wants to be the king of your heart, and we go into the gospel with that. But the, the cool thing about it in this country, what I, the reason I stopped here is this, is these children don't know who's on this card. See, we don't realize that in America. We just take it for granted. These people, when you pull this card out and you ask them, who is this? They say, well, he's a king. You know, because you had the king on the one card and you pull this out and he, he was a king. He is the king, but it's not the king that they're talking about. They have no idea. They don't know. They don't know who Jesus is. See, and that's the reason it's so important that we go to these places and send people to these places because they've never heard. Go ahead. <laughs> I was taking a nap there. It wasn't too comfortable, but there's your local convenience store. Maybe you want something to eat after church. There's some uh, sugar cane. And if you get ready for a steak right here, we can, uh, we can get you some at the butcher shop here. Right there on the table, no windows. And this is the local seafood market. Now, if you, if, man, if you ever want to wear a skirt, you need to, this is where you move to. If you're over 40, you can wear a skirt. <laughs> All right. Now this is uh, this is one of the night festivals. And uh, go ahead. Does it got volume on this one? Go ahead on this. People waving their hands. He asked me, he said, how many of you received Jesus and prayed the prayer with us tonight? And they're waving their hands and saying, welcome to the family of God. Uh, this was a healing testimony here. And uh, Emily's there taking the video of it. This is probably about the third night. We had uh, armed guards that were there. Some of them had sawed-off shotguns, rifles. Hold it right here just a minute. I want to share something on this. Uh, we preach the gospel so many different ways that they have. When we get through with the festival, they, there's no um, 
no excuse to say that they don't know because we share it through word, we share it through drama, we share it through video. And uh, this right here is actually clips of the Passion of the Christ. So what we do is we set up projectors. If it's a large enough crowd, we do one on the left and one on the right. And as we're preaching the gospel from the stage, they're actually showing clips of what Jesus went through, through the sacrifice, how he was beaten, how he was nailed to the cross and what he did for them. And we tell them, look, he, he did this for you. You know, you don't know who this is, but this man, Jesus came from heaven, gave up everything and he did this for you. And I want to tell you, this is one of the most touching moments that I've ever had on any mission trip. It would be up in the top three. Uh, we have so many different job descriptions. Scott and Tabitha can tell you they've been on one of the global ventures trips. And buddy, they're going to keep you busy. You know, you don't have time to, to, to sit around and waste. They're going to keep you busy. You may be security. You may be working the projector. You may be preaching. You may be the clown. You, you don't know this particular night I was working security and I was uh, working this projector during the gospel. And uh, as I was there, I don't have the particular scene, but you know it because you, most of you have seen the movie. I'm sitting at the table with a projector and there's a crowd just, I mean, they're touching my back, pressing up against me, touching my back. And at the scene where they take Jesus and they're about to nail him to the cross and they lay him down on the ground. They've got the cross on the ground. They lay Jesus onto the cross. The soldiers take his arm and they throw his arm over to the left. Well, what happens is on the movie, the camera, camera shot of, the, of, of what's happening there, it gets Jesus' face and it gets his arm while he's looking out at his hand. Do you remember that? Do you remember that part? Jesus is looking at his hand and the soldier takes his hand and he gets the spike and he's got the hammer. And what he does with a spike is he takes it on the movie and he runs the tip of the spike across the palm of Jesus' hand like this. And then he turns it up and he begins to drive the spike in his hand. And what I heard with my ears just, I mean, it, it was one, like I said, it was one of the most touching moments I've ever had on a mission trip in my life. When that spike ran across the hand of Jesus, I heard thousands of people gasp for air. They just, I mean, it just took them you know, totally by surprise. They, they just couldn't understand and comprehend how could this man do that and why is he doing that? And they just, you could just hear the breath almost just leave the field that we were in because of, of the amazing display of the love of Jesus. And, and it just, it just touched my heart in such a way to know that these people, you know, here in America, you say, well, you know, Jesus died on the cross. That's why I've heard that, you know, majority of people, they don't understand. And we've got the true gospel. We can still tell people that God's not mad at They've got a form of religion here. It's still not the true gospel. And we still have such a job to do here, even in this community. Amen. But these people just don't know. So go ahead and play. So that's what this is, is they have an opportunity to see firsthand, visualize. Uh, this is a cool little thing. Here. How many remember uh, uh, Elmer Barnes? How many ever watched the Gospel Bill show? I know some of you here. Uh, Zach back there, he watched it growing up. I've had the privilege for two trips for Elmer Barnes to go on a mission. He was my roommate one time and uh, on my team. So this is some of the children's uh, activities they do. The children's you both have serious problems and issues. <laughs> So this was, uh, I actually got to select the girl myself that won the bicycle. Uh, we had to draw him out of the crowd. Emily thought she was with a celebrity. She loves what she does. She's taking pictures, video actually there of the children. I got to preach on, uh, you can turn this one up. I got to preach on Blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus crying out even louder. He 
That's the lone camel in the country. No, <laughs> I got a shot of it. It's, they did say it was very rare in the country. This is uh, where we're giving away water filters. And uh, pause it here just a second. Uh, that's another uh, humanitarian thing that we do to share the love of Jesus. We, they provide, Global Ventures usually provides between 150 and 200 water filters. And uh, they actually come, if I, if I have my facts right, I believe that they were first started at the University of Alabama and, and Tuscaloosa is where they come from. And they're, they're designed where you can, you can uh, filter 10,000 gallons of water uh, with this one thing a day if you, if you have that capacity. It lasts up to 10 years. And if they flush it out right correctly every day, like I said, it'll, it'll last up to 10 years. But we're able to go into these villages that they have no clean water. They have no, I mean, you know, their kids are sick. They're dying. They have no clean water to drink. They have floods that come. The sewage systems, there's really none. They're right on the street. That is a sewage system. I mean, there's ditches on the side of the street. Just take your breath. And it's just, it's just terrible conditions of what these people live in. So when we take something that tells them, look, and we stand in front of them. There's some guys here in the front. They're teaching them and explaining how they do it. Before they leave, we run to every person, the 150, 200, how many it is. They're either a church leader, a community leader, a school leader. And what they do is they have influence with that filter, see, to influence other people and tell them Jesus loves you. He has a purpose for you. And, and, and these people brought this to us. It's the love of Jesus that provided this. So before they leave, we run every person through, see them do it, clean it, wash it, everything to make sure it's done the right way. But they stand in front of them and they drink water that they got off the side of the road, <laughs> uh, dirt and water mixed together. They pour it through the filter and then they stand in front of them and drink, drink it with the dirt that's filtered out of it right in front of them to prove that it is clean. Go ahead. <laughs> These people actually, this is a salvation prayer right here where they were raising their hands. Uh, this is just a shot of they feed fish, cook food. They were cooking it in that vat and uh, feeding it. You can hold it right here just a minute. This is where they heat their homes. Uh, you can take an imagination of what that is on that stick. It's uh, put on there by hand. It's a uh, cow, sheep, goat whatever else, dung that's on the stick, and they put it on there by hand. I've seen the man that was making them, and he had it from head to toe, no shirt on. It was all over his body. It's smiling, you know, like he was the happiest man on earth. <laughs> he loved his job. And uh, so anyway, that's what that's how they heat their homes. They, they take those. They're like fire sticks. They can light them and heat up 
start the fire and cook the food or whatever. That's what that is. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is back at the uh, dining room at the uh, headquarters where we stayed. This is one of my interpreters. That at night after supper and I heard some praise coming out so I went went and found it and that's what they were doing instead of going to sleep they're in there praising the Lord singing praises thankful for what had happened in their country little bit of the traffic that's kind of real real light that's on the morning we're going back out to the village you notice he's driving on the, the driver the steering wheels on the right side of the car they drive on the left like in europe and it's uh usually 10 times as busy and crazy people dodging each other big trucks the way they do the, the right away is the biggest vehicle you have is the one that's, that's got the right away and it goes from the big truck, small all the way down to the, the pedestrian. The people at Walmart wouldn't make it over there because they walk right in front of you. So they wouldn't make it very long. This is some of the schools that we shared in. Some of the teachers. It's when you look into their eyes and see the, the faces and the, 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 the people that God created and they love them so much and sent Jesus for them and they just don't know. They just don't know. Okay. So we're going to give you a ticket. I was actually took those pictures um, holding my camera down at my waist, standing up in front of the classroom. All right, this is a final um, crusade night. This is about mid-afternoon. We got there getting ready to set up. In the picture here in a minute, you'll see this entire field. You can't even see a stitch of grass. It's a sea of people under this canopy right here. There'll be over 2,000 people crammed into that one canopy, like sardines. And, uh, and we got here and we started the kids, <coughs> kids festival. These people here. Right on this canopy right here, we counted, estimated in, in squares of 50 people. We count squares of 50 people and you block them off just under that canopy. There's 2,000 people squeezed in. And I want you to notice right here, there's a lady. There's so many people, we couldn't keep them away. They were all up around the stage, front, back, sides. Right here, somewhere right in here, I'll go down. There's a lady behind the stage that's raising her hand. 
We're praying a prayer of salvation. Back behind the stage. You can't even see anybody. <laughs> That's the Muslim ladies there. Jesus is alive. Now say this last Kids, kids festivals. Salvation prayer. But you have a lot of adults come as well. The parents come with them. Preaching on the woman with the issue of blood. to the left side of it over there and this kind of a panoramic view here going around that's that little red table there is where we had the projector set up and they were breaking the bamboo fence that one bamboo there behind the table was bent down right here hold up just right here a second I don't know if you can see I don't know if I can reach the point to it the lady with the blue the blue covering on with the flowers you see the little girl with a little red bow on her head you see her face sticking up? I don't know if anybody can see her. It's to the left side of the screen, up to the top corner. This is a group that had over 2,000 people packed in here, and I was working security in the front. There were so many people packed in there that they were soaking wet with sweat from the heat, and there was kids actually almost suffocating in there, and the parents had to take them out and get them out of the crowd because they were, you know, they were just suffocating. They couldn't stay in there any longer, but that's how many people were crammed in here. I was actually passing kids. The kids were getting lost crying, couldn't find their parents, and parents couldn't find their kids. So I'd pick a child up, and I'd walk around the front of the crowd to the mom saw it, and they'd wave at me, and we would pass it across the top of the crowd and get the kid back over, get the kid back over to the parent. Um, but the body heat was so tremendous in this area that when the wind would blow, it literally felt like there was a heater turned on, the wind would come through, and you could just feel the heat coming as so many people were packed, packed in that one area. Uh, go ahead. At the end of the trip, hold it right here. This is toward the end of the trip, and uh, this is David. Uh, Emily is there on the bottom left, and another uh, intern, a couple of interpreters with us. But they actually spent time. Emily was there over a month, and they got to know these ladies. They were worked in janitorial staff and the cooks and different things. And before they left, they told them why they came, 
you know, they didn't really know, you know why you're here. So before they left, they told them why they came. And uh, they all received Jesus, all the staff, the workers there. They prayed with them on the last day before they left. They said, yes, we want to know this Jesus that you've shown to us. Uh, go ahead. That was just two of the kitchen help that I made friends with. I spoke a little bit of their language and made friends with them. This is a little cool story here. I'll tell you something, a little humorous side to it, if you want to hold it. That uh, what he was holding there was actually, uh, well, I'm going to give it away if I tell you what it is. But anyway, we're, uh, during the first part of the trip, uh, just to give you an idea of what the conditions that we were in, the bathrooms had no hot water. Uh, so when you took a shower, my pastor was saying, I think if you use all the hot water, you know, see how fast you can take it. Well, they did have some, but it was in a spout down at the bottom of the shower. So you had a bucket and you could fill it up with hot water, turn the cold water on and you had a cup. So I'd get under the cold water with a cup. And while I'm standing on the cold, I'd pour the hot down to kind of mix it together. And then I got smart and just quit taking the cold at all and just took a shower out of the bucket. It was, was the best thing to do. Uh, but when you took a shower in the bathrooms, it was all open. The toilet, the shower, the sink, everything was just one open room. So when you took a shower, there's water would splatter everywhere, soap, whatever was all over everything. So brother, Dr. John, actually, he's a doctor from Virginia, mighty man of God. He goes on many, many trips. Uh, just an awesome man of God loves to, to reach the lost. And, uh, so he came up with this idea. He said, well, I found a towel in the closet and he said, I'm going to take this towel. We'll just leave it on the toilet, back of the toilet. And he said, when it gets wet, then we can take it and clean up the toilet and we'll just leave it there through the week, you know, and then, then the toilet will be dry. You know, we'll have it there to dry the toilet. Well, the next day we come back in. And uh, his towel idea, the towel was gone. The, the maid came in, cleaned up, and the towel was gone. There was another one with a different color hanging up in the closet on the hanger. And I'm sitting on the bed trying to relax a little bit. All of a sudden, it hit me. I said, John. I said, that's not a towel. I said, that's a prayer cloth. That's a prayer rug. Not a cloth, but it's a prayer rug. It's a Muslim prayer rug that they put down and they pray on. And he's in there and got it hung on the back of the toilet. <laughs> So that's the reason he's, that's the reason he's got this big smile on his face. He said, man, we got, he said, come on, brother, man. He said, we got to take a picture to send back to my wife. So, uh, he was, he was happy about it. But anyway, so his little humor there came in. We're actually wiping the toilet up with it. Go ahead. This is, uh, this is not Bangladesh. This is, <laughs> this is, uh, Qatar. Uh, we flew back into Qatar on the way home, spent uh, four hours in a hotel, got back up. And got on the plane for 15 hours. This is just the sunrise in Qatar. That's the ocean behind the palm trees. I put these on here. This is not me or Emily, but it's the follow-up team. I put this here on purpose. They have a follow-up team that stays up to two weeks behind. That's Suman there, the interpreter with the Bible, that the one I was telling you about. They go into the homes. They have documented people that filled out tickets. And they work with the local church leaders. And they train. They While we're out, hold it right here just a second. While we... uh while we're doing the, the school outreaches and the crusades at night, they have the pastors during the daytime and they're discipling, uh, teaching them discipleship programs. They're training these pastors and these leaders and they're putting brochures and into their hand. They've got the gospel translated into Mongolia and, uh, so that they can disciple these people that got born again to help establish their churches. So they're training these pastors during the day. And then after we're gone, they take the tickets with the names on them and they start out with the prize winners, the ones that won the prizes and they go to the homes. And they go in, a lot of times it was one person came to the festival. But when they go back to the homes, it's the entire family. And they get to minister to them and give them Bibles and they lead them to Jesus. You can see right here the lady in the front, she's praying. And, and she probably wasn't at the crusade, but someone in her family was. And uh, so go ahead. And uh, the white-haired man here, his name is uh, Bill Swindle. They're from Illinois. 
uh, him and his wife, Judy, just awesome men and women of God that, that uh, just so uh, willing to help and stay and do, and they're in their 70s and uh, to go to these countries. Go ahead. So total, it was uh, 14,188 salvations, uh, 123 documented healings that have testimonies confirmed and written of what was before, what is now. Uh, and then they don't have it on there, but there was 22,047 people that heard the gospel. So we were able to, uh, to present it, schools, streets, crusades, 22,047 people that heard the gospel. Amen. So I wanted to thank everyone that's, uh, been a part of that, that, that prayed. I know a lot of you were praying. A lot of you gave. A lot of you supported Emily and gave in to, to what she's doing, continue to do that. And, uh, we're so grateful and thankful for that. It's just, just amazing. Amen. And God said that the, the reward of the man that goes to the battle is going to be the same reward as the man that stayed with the supplies. So that means those that give, those that pray gets the same reward. And you say, how can that be? Well, we just have to take that up with Jesus when we get to heaven one day. Amen. The main thing is that, that, that people are coming into the kingdom. Amen. And that's our job. We'll close today with this. I do want to read a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> uh, Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Amen. So we need to know and understand this. is The gospel is the good news and it is the power. Everybody say power. It's at work and it saves everyone that, who, that believes. In the Greek, the word power there comes from dunamai or dunamis. It means miraculous power. Amen. The word salvation there uh, in the Strong's, it's, it means to save, to heal, to preserve, to rescue, uh, to deliver, or to protect. So we preach a simple gospel because it is the gospel and the gospel contains the power. Same things we do uh, when we go downtown or go on the street or you meet someone at the gas station. See, sometimes we get so concerned about what, what are we going to say? Amen. What are we going to do? What are they going to say? Are they going to be embarrassed? Am I going to be embarrassed? Amen. Well, thank God that Jesus wasn't embarrassed. Do you know that Jesus was put to shame for us? Amen. He was put to shame, beaten, clothes stripped, beaten to where he didn't even recognize, uh, even as a recognizable as a human being. Amen. So what love did he share for us and what can we share with someone else? Amen. Now go to, uh, well, you don't have to go there. I'll just quote it because I've got it written down. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to quote three, three quotes from uh, Brother T.L. Osborne. Uh, the good news of the gospel. These aren't the quotes. I'm going to read these and we'll, we'll get to the quotes. But the good news of the gospel is that God's not mad at you. Amen. That's the good news. God's not mad at you. Even in, even in Alabama where we live, people, you know, they believe that God's mad, that they've done something wrong, or, you know, they have this religious idea of who God is, but that's just the, the simplest gospel is this, is God's not mad at you. Jesus came and salvation's already been provided. Amen. We can take that message. Share your testimony, share what God's done for you. And you saw me preaching about blind Bartimaeus, but you know, the whole story about blind Bartimaeus was this, is that he heard something, right? First he heard a noise and he asked the guy that was with him, he said, what is that noise that I hear? And his friend said, well, that's the noise of Jesus passing by. Well, if he didn't know who Jesus was, what was, what good would it have done him? Nothing. But he said, that's the noise of Jesus passing by. And all of a sudden, Bartimaeus got excited and he started crying out for Jesus. Why did he cry out for Jesus? Because he had heard something. And if he hadn't heard, then he wouldn't have known who Jesus was, but he couldn't hear if somebody hadn't have told him. Do you see that? If somebody hadn't have been talking, 
about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and that Jesus was coming his way, then he would have had no idea of who Jesus was and wouldn't even been able to call. And you know the scripture, it says, you know, how can they call if, they, if there's not a preacher? Amen. So that's the reason it's so important. We need to talk. We need to talk. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. No, but you can talk, right? You can share. You don't have to get behind us. Little ministry is done in the area of, of uh, soul winning behind the pulpit. Why? Because the fish are out there. Do you ever fish in an empty pond, Bill? No. You don't go fishing in the pond. It's, it's, there's no water in. Where do you go? You go, man, where there's plenty of fish. So see, the fish are out there. Amen. So we need to do some talking. Glory to God. Share and talk about our testimony. If God's done for, something for you, then we need to tell it. We need to share it. Glory to God. And let the power of the gospel do what the power of gospel, the power of the gospel does. Amen. So it's what we're doing in our lives. Is it rooted in the harvest? That's my question to us today. It's what we're doing with our lives. Is it rooted in harvest? Whether we're a teacher, a mechanic, a bus driver, a salesman, or a coach, is it rooted in harvest? Are people the number one thing that, that, that we're doing what we're doing? Amen. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus commissioned the 12. In Luke chapter 10, 1 through 9, he commissioned the 70. But uh, Pastor quoted one, one uh, place this morning and also in Mark 16, 15, the Great Commission. He commissioned all of us. He said to them, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whosoever believes and baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And verse 17 says this, and these signs will accompany those who do what? Who believe. So that means anybody, are you, are you a believer? Are we believers? So anybody that believes, these signs will accompany them. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll pick up snakes with their hands and they'll not drink, or they'll drink deadly poison. They'll not hurt them. They will place their hands on the sick people and the sick people will get well. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it's a choice. Amen. It's a choice that we have to make, to make, to be conscious, to be aware of people that are around us. Emily made this on her 21st birthday. She did a 21 day or 21 soul challenge on her 21st birthday. And it challenged me as her father. She challenged her family or friends on Instagram and Facebook. She said, I don't want presents. I don't want gifts. For my 21st birthday, she said, I want us to win 21 souls to the kingdom. So I'm at work, got things to do, busy, you know, got to be here, got to be there, got to get this done, get that out. And all of a sudden I looked at her and I said, wait a minute, it's Emily's birthday. We got 21 souls. Now she's not talking about one person necessarily It'd be great, but she said all together, let's win 21 people to the kingdom today. So I'm thinking, man, I, I don't have very much time left. So I go outside, look across from my warehouse, there's a man on his porch. Passed him many times since I've been there, since I got the building. Waved at him, talked to him, spoke to him, threw up my hand, but never talked to him about Jesus. So I had to make a choice. Am I too busy or am I going to go talk to him? So I go across the street, talk to him, loved on him, shared the love of Jesus with him. He got that close to receiving Jesus. He said, I, he said, I may pray tonight when I, you know, before I go to bed tonight, I may pray. Well, I gave him some information, some literature. But, but see, I planted the seed and I talked to him every day that I go by. Well, I, I, we have a rental house right beside us. The tenant was leaving that day and Julia said, you know, I hadn't got mine either. And I said, well, you better hurry up. We don't have much time left. By that time, the tenant was leaving in her car. She walked out and flagged her down. She said, oh, 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 wait, wait, wait just a minute. And the girl rolled down to me. She said, what is it? What do you need? And Julia started talking to her about Jesus. She said, do you know if you were to die today? Do you know in your heart that you, that you know Jesus? Would you go to heaven? Would you spend eternity in heaven? And she just looked down and stared. Well, what condemnation? She said, no, I, I, I don't know. So Jesus, Julia was able to pray with her, lead her to the Lord. And she started crying. She said, you know, she said, it just, you don't know how much that means to me. 
She said, I've lost my sister recently. I'm going through a lot of problems. They were broken into in their car and they stole a lot of stuff out of their car. She said, it just means a lot to me. But see, the, the, my point to that is this, is it's just a conscious decision. See, we, we have been given a job. We don't have time to go, go in and all that. We don't have it just a few minutes left, so we don't have time to look at the scripture. But we know he gave us the great commission. But in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it says, Jesus looked out at the multitudes and said he was moved with sympathy and compassion. Glory to God. Sympathy and compassion. And he prayed that the, that the Lord of the harvest would do what? Would send forth laborers. He would thrust out laborers into the harvest. But as who, who is, who, who are the harvesters? We are. Amen. We are the body. Glory to God. So we have to, we have to make the decision. Amen. Uh, that we are the hands. We are the feet. We are the mouthpiece. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, and I'm going to close, like I said, with this, the, the quotes from TL. He said, one purpose of Pentecost or the one purpose of Pentecost was this, to effectively evangelize lost souls. Amen. He said, the only power of the living Christ or only the power of the living Christ proclaimed in demonstration of the Holy Spirit can meet the urgent needs of humanity. Think about it. There's needs everywhere. Everywhere that we go, there's needs that we see that people have. But only what? Only the power of the living Christ. So I had a Muslim come up to me one night. At the, I was kind of concerned about it. I was working security. And I turned around to the side of the stage and there was a guy walking just like this. And he had a stern look on his face. He wasn't smiling. And I said, okay, Lord, here we go. So I walk out and I walk up to him. I said, uh, I said, no, you can't come any closer. You can't come past this point. And he said, I want to, he, he, he could speak a little English, but I got the interpreter up there and he was saying, I want to talk to him. And his brother John was on the stage closing out the meeting. He said, I want to talk to him. I said, well, you can't, you can't talk to him. He said, no, you don't understand. I want to talk to him. I said, well, I, you don't understand is you can't talk to him. He doesn't have time at this moment to talk. And as soon as this is over, we're, we're out of here. We're gone. And I said, but you can talk to me. I'm here. What, what is it you need to know? And he said, well, I want to know the difference. He said, I want to know the difference between your God and, and, and my God. What's the difference between this Jesus you're telling me about and Muhammad? What's the difference? So I'm trusting the Holy Spirit and I'm looking at him. And he's not looking too happy. And I said, well, did you see the movie that we show? He said, yes, yes, yes. He said, I watched every part of it. He said, it was, it was, it was amazing what I saw on that movie. And I said, well, did you hear the gospel that was preached that was shared from the, from the stage? Yes, yes, I listened. I heard, I heard. He said, but why, what is it that's so different about your Jesus and about my Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad? And I said, well, I said, the main difference is this, as I said, Jesus is alive. Jesus came out of the grave and he's alive today. And you can know for sure today that you'll go to heaven to spend eternity to where with what you believe and what you've been taught is this, is that one day, maybe, hopefully, if you can do enough good works, if you can keep a certain set of teachings and rules and responsibilities, that maybe one day you can be good enough to make it to heaven. I said, but Jesus took your place. What you saw on that video is you should have been there. I should have been there. But Jesus got on that cross and he was nailed to that cross and suffered the death that he suffered so that our sin could be put upon him and we could walk free. And he's alive today. And your salvation's already been provided. And he said, well, I want to know who this Jesus is. I want to know and I want to receive. So right there on the side of the stage, before Brother John even got through closing the meeting, me and the interpreter grabbed that young man's hand and we prayed with him and led him, we led him to the Lord. And it was Suman, that interpreter I was telling you about. And he said, I will be back. I will be back to this village. He said, there's no church in this village. I asked the young man, I said, and I asked Suman, I said, is there a church here that we can? He said, there's no church in this village. He'd have to travel an hour away to get to a church. He said, but I'll be back. He said, I'll be doing Bible studies. And then the follow-up team did also uh, follow-ups there in that particular village.
Amen. Amen. So it's the only the power of the living Christ. Proclaimed in demonstration of the Holy Spirit can meet the urgent needs of humanity. Speaking in tongues is not enough. This is T.L., a quote, quotation from Brother T.L. says, speaking in tongues is not enough. If we're to turn man from religion, now listen to this, if we're to turn man from religion to true Christianity, we must produce miracles that convince men that Christ still lives today. Amen. Hallelujah. That he still lives today. And I'm finished. I'm closing my Bible, so I am closing. But I want to close with this again. It's T.L. because he, he has such a heart for the lost. He's in heaven now, but he spoke face to face, probably still with more people than, than anyone. I know Reinhardt Monkey's done an awesome job and other ministers, but he's been to more countries and held more open air crusades than anyone up, up to this point. And he shared the story of this. Now, what I want you to know is that do we really know what we carry on inside of us? If y'all give me three more minutes, I'll be done. Do we really understand what we carry on inside of us? If you don't hear anything else today, I know I shared a picture with you. I thank you for watching and listening, paying attention. But I want you to know what we really carry on inside of us. The scripture says that we have a treasure that's hidden in, in an earthen vessel. We have a treasure on inside of us. We carry the life of God. We carry the light of God. We can go into a dark situation in a dark home in a place that's in bondage to drugs and alcohol or whatever the bondage may be. We can go there with the light of the gospel. And if they're hungry, if they're open and if they're ready, we can take that gospel and the light of what's on inside of us and we can set those people free. Amen. But we have to believe that. We have to look for that opportunity. We have to be conscious of who we are in him and what we have. And then we have to be moved with compassion. But the gospel has changed each and every one of us here today. Everybody in this room is born again, and we've been changed. And we can think about what, what a difference Jesus has made to us. I mean, it revolutionized my entire life. If, 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 if you don't think about any blessing, if you just think about the fact that we're not going to hell anymore. Man, what a blessing is that? Eternity with Jesus forever. But think about the peace and the joy that you can lay down at night knowing that Jesus is your master. As Pastor shared this morning, that he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. There's people here today in this community, they don't know that. They don't go to bed at night knowing that Jesus is for them and with them. They don't go to bed knowing whether next, that they'll even have a next meal. They, don't, they go to bed not knowing if they'll even wake in the morning. They don't have the peace that we have. But we've got the light, glory to God. I tell you, we've got the light of the gospel on the inside of us and we can penetrate darkness with it. Amen. And we can turn people's destinies around. Entire families can be changed. My family was completely altered by the light of the gospel. And we'll never, my family will never be the same. Never, 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 never. Complete destinies changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And TL, this is the story I'm finishing with. TL told a story about the young lady that he came to preach a Bible, uh, Bible study for a group of women. He got up in the pulpit and he was getting ready, his mic fixed, checking his notes. And he heard the ladies out in the crowd. And they were talking about a lady that lived in the neighborhood. She was a lady of the evening to be nice about it. And they were all gossiping about it. They said, you know, sister so-and-so over there, man, she's been doing this and she's doing that. And we see people coming and going all the time and all hours of the night. You know, we, 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 we need to pray. We need to pray. If we don't pray, she's going to go to hell. She's going to hell. She's living like this, doing all this. And they was all talking, you know, all the sin and the, the things that they could see and how we need to pray for this lady. And Brother T.L. was up getting ready for, to start the Bible study. And he kind of, <clears throat> you know, got their attention. And he said, uh, ladies, he said, I want to tell you this. He said, we can pray and you can pray all you want to. He said, but if we sit right here and we pray and somebody doesn't go to that lady and touch her with the hands and the feet of Jesus and share the love of God with her, she'll die and go to hell right where she is. Do you understand the, the severity of that, the gravity of what I'm talking about? 
You know, we can, we, we can pray. We can think about, we can talk about, but if we don't go and take it, if we don't open our mouths and share, simple, simple at the gas pump. I'm not talking about preaching a, a, a sermon, but just a simple word of encouragement. A simple question. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Simple fact that he's already provided eternity for you. All you have to do is receive it. Amen. So we need to go and we need to, to be conscious of it. Amen. And be willing to know that we carry the light of the good news of Jesus Christ on inside of us. We have a treasure that's hidden in this earthen vessel. Amen. Let's pray today before we dismiss. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity I've had today to minister your word, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you chose us to be the temples that the very Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of. Father, I thank you that you chose us to be your ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you said that uh, you've given unto us this ministry. Ministry of Reconciliation. So if there's anyone here today that's ever wondered, what was I created for? What was I placed here for? What's my purpose in life? Well, G, uh, 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 Paul there, he, he, he put in that book and he wrote in that book that we've been given this ministry. What? The Ministry of Reconciliation. We've been given that ministry to reconcile others back to Christ, to bring the good news of the gospel to them and, and bring that light that would drive out darkness, to translate them from one kingdom to another kingdom. Glory to God. So we are important. Father, you believed in us so much that you entrusted us to finish the work. Glory to God. So, Father, I thank you today that even as we leave here today and as we go and uh, finish out of 2019, Father, and go into 2020, that we'll be aware, we'll be conscious. conscious. Father, we, we ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and show us the fruit that's right. We don't get over spiritual about it. We're not going to be over spiritual about it and say, oh, no, I'm just going to wait till I get a word. No, we've already got the word. The word says go. The word says share. The word said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So, Father, I thank you for what you've commissioned us to do. And I thank you that we've already got the ability. We've already got the anointing. We've already got you living on inside of us. So we decide today to pass out samples. Glory to God. To pass out samples of your love. To pass out samples of your goodness and your healing, Father. We compel people to come, compel them to come into your kingdom, into your house, Father, so that your house may be full. The, 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 the treasure that we have, Father, we don't take it lightly, but we know that we have in us the answer that so many people desperately need. So many homes and households, even in this area, in these counties, in this state that we live in, they need it so desperately. And Father, we won't be selfish. We won't be selfish. We won't wonder what will they say or what will they do, but we'll go and we'll open our mouth and we'll allow you to fill it. We'll allow you to give us the words, Father, and we'll see a great and mighty harvest come in in this, the end of this year and in 2020, Father. We give you honor and praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've got uh, information on the back table there. If anybody's interested in a Global Ventures trip or you know someone that might be, you can pick up the brochure. My daughter took a picture. I'm proud of it. And uh, she's been such a blessing. She needs to